We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Salute to Knicks Nation Sunday Night Knicks, another edition of Knicks Fan TV Live presented by Manscaped. The season preview continues. The 2021-22 campaign is starting off in just about two weeks, people. We are getting closer and closer to Knicks basketball. And uh, after looking at the state of uh, of New York football this Sunday, I'm, I'm even more so looking forward to Knicks basketball, but uh, nevertheless, tonight's show, we, we got an action-packed show, man. We saved the best for last. We've been doing these player expectation shows in sets of three and four, and tonight's show, we're going to talk about Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Evan Fournier, and Quentin Grimes. So uh, let, let's kick it off tonight's panel. Uh, my guy Alex Fataros of Tratacast is in here. Al, how you feeling, man? Doing good, man. Enjoying the day. Sad yeah. about the Jets. There's some, uh, you know, on the Jets side, there's a little more promise because the QB looked all right. So not like the New York Giants. But, hey, we still need an offensive line. So that's the only issue we got right now. Man, uh, <laughs> I, we'll, uh, we'll get into football a little bit later, man. I'm, I'm still tight, bro. I'm, I'm tight right now. As a Giants fan, I'm, I'm tight. But we, we got to get to our special guest joining us, a diehard Knicks fan. Actor extraordinaire, most most notably from HBO's The Wire, and that's Julito McCullum. Julito, welcome to Knicks Fan TV, man. How you feeling, bro? Hey, I'm excellent, man. CP, thank you for having me. Alex, we meet again. Uh, always a pleasure to be in your presence, sir. sir. But uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here and happy to talk Knicks, of course. Absolutely, man. Last time me and you saw each other in person, it was pandemonium after game yeah. two, <laughs> Knicks versus Hawks. And uh, again, uh, a, a, an unforgettable night, bro. No doubt about it, man. Hey, just to think about where we were in that moment where we... I don't know about you, but I thought we was going to the ship. Man, everybody. <laughs> I thought man, I thought, I thought that was like a game two win. We I thought it was you know peaches and cream, but uh, it, it was a, it was a great moment. It was a great it moment. was. And, 
yeah. Yeah, for man, sure. absolutely. And it's great to have you here. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk Knicks, but but also uh, we're going to talk about um, the, the great Michael K. Williams, man, someone who you worked with on, on the show The Wire. We, we lost him last week tragically to an apparent drug overdose, so we, we're definitely going to get to your thoughts on that. So RIP to, to Michael K. Williams as well. Um, all right, so let's yeah. start it off. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. I want to start with um, Mitch first, fellas, because, you know, last year uh, was, a, was a tough one for Mitch once again, an, an injury riddle season that was cut short. Uh, he's now vowing to come back and, and be every, every, every bit of the defensive monster that he was in, in his first two seasons, man. This is an important year for, for Money Mitch, the Block Nest Monster in year three. Um, so, so what can we expect? Uh, Julito, I'll start with you, man. What, what are your expectations for the Block Nest Monster going into year three? Yeah. Um, year four, rather. Year four. Year four, yeah. Uh, for me, Mitchell Robinson is the the project we never thought we we needed, right? Like, as a Knicks fan, we never thought in the last pick of a, a draft we would be dealing with a guy who can possibly possibly be our future. And, I'm, you know, I'm really happy to have him back and healthy. I think for this year, for me, I just want to see Mitch take an extra step. You know, I, I am aware that he is coming off of two, you know, career changing injuries right as a foot for a seven footer things yeah. can change you know there's a lot of guys who, who didn't necessarily come back from an injury and an injury injury excuse me like this and and progress mm. intensively but for me i think mitch is the guy that you know my, my issue with mitch is maturity you know i've yeah. talked about it a bunch of times i just think when it comes to the maturity piece i want to see mitch step into manhood in a different way for me it's not about the game for mitch it's more about what's in between the ears yeah and for me i think you know with mitch having a child now with mitch you know realizing that i'm not playing with young bucks no anymore you know i'm playing with guys who are mature who are season proven who have been in the trenches like a guy like Kimber walker a guy like derrick rose he's going to be playing with these guys night in and night out and i just want to see mitch step it up on a maturity and and i think that's the only thing that's missing from him stepping it up on the you know on the floor so for me i would love to see mitch turn into a guy who who trusts his shot trusts his offense yeah. you know the defense is there i just want to see what mitch can do as an overall player and not just a shot blocker. And once we get a Mitch that turns it up on a maturity end, I think that's going to change things for him. Absolutely, man. Al, how about you, bro? I mean, for Mitch, I think we just hit the nail on the head. Like it's not just, it's the maturity and it's just adding more to his game than just being that defensive anchor. I'd like to yeah. see a little bit more offensive out of Mitch as well. You know, sure. We, you know, we've discussed on this show that, Tom Thibodeau doesn't really use centers offensively. Uh, we saw that with Nerlens Noel. We saw that even with Taj and even when Mitch was in the, in the starting lineup last season. But I would like to see add something to the game where you, you have to make the defense honor you, like just some some sort of post moves. You know, it's always great seeing the, the Gotham Wob. It's always great seeing just like put back dunks, but he needs more to his repertoire in order to show that he's a viable center and to even demand like if he wants that larger contract right to mm -hmm. show that he's just more he's more than just 
uh, a one-trick pony. Like, yes, we need that defensive intensity. You know, we saw when we had Nerlens Noel in the playoffs, someone who couldn't guard the pick and roll as well. You know, yeah. we we saw when it's just trying to get uh, defensive and offensive rebounds. Like, Mitch is a really good rebounder, especially on the offensive glass. Mitch yeah. is, I think, underrated. He's a top ten for the for the past couple of seasons that he's played more Jordan seasons. Yeah. Top ten offensive re- rebounder mm-hmm. in the league among centers. So we need that back, and we saw that we missed that dearly in the playoffs. But on top of that, you know, we all see that he's putting on some weight. So hopefully we can use that, you know, because he was getting bullied around by Andre Drummond and other big centers yeah. as well. So I want to see, I guess what I really want to see from Mitch is not just an offensive game, but being able to own the paint as well and just box people out, just get better at doing that. We saw the improvement last season and just really, I don't know, just like own the paint, like actually show that you are dominant in the paint. You know, it, I know it's impossible to own it every single night, but to show that no one's going to be able to bully you around like we saw against Andre Drummond or whether it's Dwight Howard, you know, we don't need that. We need someone who can just be there for us, like in the paint. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right, man. You hit the nail on the head. And, and you know, to Julito's point, the maturity, you know, that was one of the first things that going into training camp last year that was reported to me, that was told to me, was that the organization was concerned um, with his maturity and how he came into camp. And, and so that was certainly an area of concern and something that I hope, you know, he works on and, and continues to improve on. Still a young cat, you know, still a young kid, very much raw, uh, both from, you know, on the court and and off the court, and so hopefully he, he continues to get that together. So I definitely agree with you there. I think there were three areas where um, he was sorely missed, man, a- after his injury, after he went down. He, he was just sorely missed. And um, number one was just having that consistent uh, vertical threat for, in terms of the Gotham lob. You know, Noel, yes, could be that guy, but we know he he, he has no hands. You know what I'm saying? He's got Evan Ingram hands, if, if, if we're making a football comparison. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Noel just, just didn't have the hands, and, and so, he, you know, he really wasn't feared much when, when it comes to the lobs. I think this year we're going to see um, Mitch step up in that area because he's going to have not just one, but two dynamic point guards, veteran point guards that'll get him activated, plus R.J. Barrett. You know, the chemistry that he and RJ had on those Gotham lives, especially in the beginning of the games when they used to run the offense through RJ on those first sets of the game, he's going to have three consistent playmakers that's going to be able to get him involved, whether it's Kemba Walker, Derrick Rose, RJ Barrett, even Julius. You know, we saw some Gotham lobs there thrown by uh, from Julius to Mitch. And so I think his presence in the offense is going to elevate the offense as well because you're going to have multiple guys that can now get him going. And and, and I think that's very important. Um, secondly, to your point, out the rebounding. Noel just is not a good rebounder, and he got abused. Number one, he, he doesn't have the physicality uh, like Mitch, but also... Mitch just had a knack for the ball, uh, especially on the offensive side. He was in the 89th percentile in terms of offensive rebounding percentage, uh, 12.8%. And so I think it's a combination of his wingspan and just overall, you know, some guys are just better at having a knack for the ball, always finding the ball around the offensive side. And I think Mitch did that well for us. Uh, But what you want to see is him be able to just, you know, snatch those down and just put it back up. I don't think, you know, I'm not sure his game is ever going to round out to be 
uh, you know, somebody that I don't think you're going to see him shooting jumpers and things like that or even or even get a hook shot. But at the very least, if he could just clean up the glass and get some putbacks in there, he can get 10 and 10 a night. And that that's all we really need from when you when you figure that, the you know, the offense is, is going to go through Julius, Kemba, R.J., uh, Fournier, you know, rose quickly and them off the bench. I think with Mitch, just give us a solid 10 and 10 couple blocks a night. I think that that would be that would be nice to see. And then the third area is was his defensive versatility, and that yeah. that was really on display in in that Hawks series in the way that he can um, guard the perimeter, in the way that he can uh, deter shots at the rim, not just block shots, but just be a, a presence that that people have to think twice about in terms of driving on, but also um, in terms of shooting over. You know, the three-point shot we saw, especially in his rookie year, how easy it was for him to block three-pointers. And so I thought, you know, as much as Noel gives us that rim protection, he really didn't give us that uh, versatility around the perimeter that Mitch gave us. And that really made uh, Tom Thibodeau's defense a force. And and so I think him coming in healthy this year, it's going to help improve the defense. For, for sure. So those are the three areas um, for me that I think, you know, Mitch was sorely missed, and I think he, he's really going to help us uh, going into the next season. Yeah, CP, if I can, um, I think what, one piece of the puzzle that we're not, a lot of folks are not focused on is the fact that Mitch finally gets to play with point guards that are aware, yeah. mature, and elite, right? Like with with D Rose being however old, how what whatever age he is, he still was our best player on the floor at the playoffs. Yeah, Kimber Walker, if he's healthy, he's still going to be one of the best point guards, top fifteen, top twenty point guards in the league, right? And that says a lot. And now Mitch, night in and night out, gets to play with these guys. Yeah, and I think that we're underestimating what that will do for a guy like Mitchell Robinson, right? What that will do, and I know this is not about RJ, but for RJ Barrett, right? What that will probably even do for a guy like Kevin Knox, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to be the deciding factor in how good we look as a team. So I'm just so happy to see Mitch being able to play with point guards who know what they're doing. You yeah, know what I mean? That's a fact. Like, that's a fact. And, and, and I think that's going to change a lot for Mitch. You know what I mean? And, and, and even more so on the maturity end. You don't yeah. got a guy like Alfred Payton. Oh, I don't even know why I say his name. We don't. We don't got a. We don't got a guy like he who must not be named right, right. out there, right? Like that. You know, he didn't even seem like he was very vocal, right? Like, and I'm not in the locker room, but it just didn't seem like that was his getting the guys his, together. Uh, his forte, right? Yeah. yeah. You got Kimba and Derrick Rose every night. I think it's going to do wonders for Mitch, man. Yeah, and to even on top of that, we now have shooters all around Mitchell Robinson mm-hmm. from. Kemba, Evan yeah. Fournier, Julius Randle, R.J. Yeah. Barrett. So Mitch can just operate in the paint by himself instead of being crowded with he who shall not be named and anyone else because it was just Julius Randle, like R.J. Sure, they had they they shot well from three, but you know it was just R- like Reggie Block who we were relying on from the three point three point uh, land. So it's it's just going to be totally different for Mitch now. I, I can't wait to see what that even looks like. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. I want to shout out my guy, Junior Karoma, sends a super chat. He says, salute CP, salute Alex. Mitch is my guy, always been my guy. Pause. I know some Knicks fans ain't sold on Mitch. I don't know why, but he's the key. So salute my guy, Junior Karoma, for the super chat. And also salute my guy, Al Diddy. He says, uh, this is going to be a fire episode. Julito in the house, CP and Alex in the building. Let's go. Shout out to the New York Jets. 
So Al Diddy down Let's in go. Orlando repping Gang Let's Green. go. He's Let's go. White, baby. Green. He knows what's up. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to football later, man. I'm tight now. I'm, I'm just tight, bro. Uh, but, yeah, like, like I was saying, man, you know, Mitch last year, 81st percentile in, in block percentage at 2.8. Yeah. 84th percentile in steal percentage. So, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, just being out there in the perimeter with that wingspan, deterring shots, deterring passes, making guys think twice – it's going to keep that Knicks, that, that Knicks defense sharp, man. And, and you know, I'm, I'm really yeah. looking forward um, to, to seeing him out there. Hopefully healthy. Knock on wood, healthy. And, and with a full, full, say, what, if he can get 70-something games, 75 games, that would be great. Oh, man. But just a full slate playing with, with Kemba and D. Rose, I think, is going to do his game wonders. So definitely looking forward to that. And then in the, in the backdrop is going to be the whole contract situation because he's Ooh. going in. In a in a in a contract year, so is the motivation going to be there? And at the same time, what will he do? Will he take a gamble and go into free agency? We know he's now on his sixth agent in four years. Yeah. So will he take the gamble and try to go for the bag? Will he bet on himself, or will he play it the safe route like Julius and say, you know, he's making one point six million this year? Will he say, you know, I'll, I'll take the team-friendly deal for now and secure my future for, for a couple of years? Um, Al, I'll start with you, man. What, what's your take on the contract situation? I, you know, Huito, John, and I actually discussed it on, uh, on, on my pod, and we, was, we had John who thinks that uh, Mitch would get an extension before the season started, and Huito and I think that Mitch is going to go into the season without a contract extension. And then mm. you have the the Knicks making the decision by the trade deadline whether or not they want to keep him on the team, either keep him here and then want to extend him for the next offseason, give him that new contract, or move him and see what they can get as value in return. So I, I, I won't speak for Huito. I, I just don't see a deal happening for Mitch at this point. I mean, it would be nice just to know that we have him Coming up long term, it would have having the backing of the front office would be great, probably for him, and just keep that, you know, just something that could just generate news and content all every single day. Like, are they going to extend Mitch? Are they going to extend Mitch? You know, it's like it would be like a football related, like a quarterback controversy, or even like your top player, right? You don't want that. You don't want that in the locker room Mm -hmm. uh, because it's just going to be on his head. But I see, I don't, I just, I don't see it happen. I don't see it happening. I think the front office is too savvy at this point saying we don't know much about Mitch. I mean, if they went in last season questioning maturity and they don't, they didn't get a full season with him last season and they really wanted to see what he could do. I think they will say, Hey, I want to see what you can do this season with another off season. Let's yeah. see if you can stay healthy before I throw all this money at you. And then, you know, it's sunk down the, that like goes down the drain if you're injury prone or if you don't take that next step that we need you to be. Yeah. I, I think, Mitch is an integral part to our success. You know, I think for us to take the next step, I think Mitch is going to be a player that we need to keep around. At the same time, like Alex said, I don't believe he will get a contract going into the season. And I think, but this is the thing, right? If I'm a guy like a Leon Rose, right? If I'm a Wes, I'm looking at as long as Mitch is able to stay healthy, at least up until the trade down deadline, we keeping him. But if, say Mitch gets another tweaking injury, say Mitch is out for two to three weeks prior to that, I can see them letting him go. He is at his, you know, since we've had him, you know, he, it seems as if his, his stock is extremely high, right? Mm. 
and his stock is high and there's guys who who are willing to probably give up a few assets for him and if Mitch isn't staying healthy I don't you know the worst thing that could have happened to Mitch this year CP is Noel to play as great as he did Noel literally stepped into his role and of course you've talked about the perimeter defense you've talked about the rebounding and 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 I, I, that's things Noel can't do but what he was able to do was keep us in that fourth seed when the playoffs came he was just was exhausted yeah. right and he, you know he could, he just couldn't run anymore right he gave mm-hmm. us his soul throughout the season he couldn't run anymore i i think for that it it wasn't the best thing that could possibly happen for Mitch's situation but i still believe in Mitch man i'm i'm yeah. i'm a guy that like i'm not those those Knicks fans who who live and breathe every single player that touches the orange and blue right but at the same time i do see his value you know what i mean and yeah. i think it's all about the health when it comes to Mitch, right? If Mitch is able to give us eight to seven, eight to nine points a game, two blocks, you know, nine rebounds, we we if he's able to do that and and stay healthy from now until the trade deadline, we are we will be extending Mitch. If if he, like I said, if he gets to one of those injuries that's that's lingering throughout the season, I think Leon Rose is willing to give him up, and I say that because we haven't offered him a contract yet. Yeah, that's something that that says something. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not the end all be all, but it does say something in the grand scheme of things. I, I believe the Post reported that they they're you know keen on trying to get a deal done. Obviously, they they'd rather lock him into a team friendly deal like they did with Julius. Um, but I'm with you. I think if he does get hurt, um, I I think it, it could ha- be in their favor in, in terms of you know if they do let him go into free agency, test the market out. It could bode well for them in terms of what his 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 market value is, uh, because it, it's certainly a gamble there, and and he, he still is very much a project. So, uh, you know, the it, it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out with Mitch, man. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. I want to shout out Trevon Clark sends a super chat. He says, "I said before, Towns is coming here next year by the trade deadline. Need Mitch for the package for Carl Anthony Towns." Julito shaking his head. He don't want Towns here, bro. I don't want Towns. He's too soft for me, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's too soft, man. He looks yo. Towns is good, but I don't think that's the guy we need. Would, and I'm not. I'm not I don't think Leon Rose and these guys, as we can see, he's not willing to to throw. Up. We're gonna have to give up a lot for for mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. You just see, they reported that they are not willing to give up Cat. They're not willing to give up Anthony Edwards, and they for really ben don't want to give ben up. Simmons, right? Ben they don't want to give up D'Angelo for mm-hmm. Ben. Mm-hmm. What do you think they're gonna want from us to get a guy like Carl Anthony yeah. Towns? And I'm not giving it up for a guy like Carl Anthony Towns. No way. Keep me out of it. Out of it. He also he also doesn't help with what we need, which is defense. Yeah. Uh, at the five, like I feel like him, like it'd be it'd be cool to have him providing that offense, but then he'd just be a turnstile on defense. And Tom Thibodeau, if you're all about rim protection and having a defensive yeah. anchor at the five, that does not screw. Yeah, the cat. it doesn't help us, man. It does not help us. Uh, so to everybody in the chat once again, what do you guys think about Mitch? Drop your expectations, your thoughts on Mitch going into uh, year four in the chat. And we'll shout you guys out. Also, if you guys want to call us up, get your thoughts on tonight's uh, play expectations. 657-383-1509 is the phone number to call. Or you can also dial in via the Knicks Fan TV Discord. So two ways to get in uh, and get your takes in.
Shout out to Justin Odierno sends a super chat. He says, RJ is a future all-star. After his first year, everyone was saying how bad of a shooter he was. Now he's over here shooting 40% from three. Mm-hmm. So Justin's mm-hmm. on, on the RJ Barrett wave, like like uh, most of us, myself included. Uh, shout out Shane Mack from New Jersey. Shane, appreciate the super chat. Drops a $10 super chat in there. And I think I got all the super chats. Okay, so we talked Mitch. Let's talk uh, one Evan Fournier, friend of the show. <laughs> shout out shout out Evan Fournier. He came to Knicks Fan TV first. For his Great interview. interview. You know Great interview. Appreciate it. Pre- appreciate that. that. Definitely, uh, uh, you know, happy to, to have that experience. But, you know, shout out Fournier. Um, 17 points, three dimes, 41%. From three in his campaign, which was split between uh, Boston and Orlando, Julito. We we have a a new wing, um, a more versatile yeah. wing than than uh, the guy that left here. Uh, what are your expectations? What are your thoughts on on Evan Fournier, the newest member of the New York Knicks? Yeah, I really like Evan, man. I it's just everything about the guy, man. His mentality. I think he's super underrated and just needed an opportunity. And I know we're going to give him the opportunity that takes him to that next level. I think his his defense is underrated. You know what I mean? I think the fact that he is a willing defender, he is pesky. He can be at the, at times those kind of guys who like just annoy you. At, you know, he may not get to stop. He may get scored on at points, but he will annoy you, right? Because of his uh, aggressiveness and his attention to the detail. And I think, I you know, for me, CP, Alex, man, I want guys who who, who come here that's, that want to be a Nick and they care about the team. And it seems like he cared about the team even before he got here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. From, you know, your, you all's conversation where you said, man, I told people the Knicks were good prior to, right? He didn't say those words, but he said the talk around the league, is it's not what everyone thinks it is. Mm-hmm. And that's because in his world, he's not talking down on the Knicks. He hasn't, you know, prior to being on the team, he wasn't a, a Nick hater. I don't like when we get guys that aren't bleeding orange and blue. And I think Evan is going to bleed orange and blue. I, I, I love what he can do for us on the offensive end. I love that he cuts. I love that he's able to play the passing lane. You know, I, I just like that. He's the guy that we we know will give us more than stand in the corner and shoot, uh-huh. right? And, you know, I'm a huge fan of Reggie, man. I'm happy he's going to go to a team that's going to give him some play, the creator of the Big 15, Reggie. But at the same time, with a guy like Evan Fournier, you know, yeah, we will lack on the defensive end, but what he makes up on the offensive end is what we needed in the playoff. It's, it's what we need in general for this team. I think he's going to do wonders for us, man, and – you know, you just seeing his interview at the press conference, just seeing what, you know, just when he talks about the game, how intelligent he is about the game and how I know I love the fact that we got a guy that like an R.J. Barrett can look to. Right. Like we got a guy that is when it comes to his maturity, you know, I'm really big on maturity of y'all. Yeah, yeah, heard it, yeah you know, it's important <laughs> because I know it's necessary. Yeah, right? yeah, I like yeah. I know, if you look at most of the championship teams, look at the Miami Heat. They had a, you know, a Jimmy Butler, a mm-hmm. Haslam. He didn't touch the floor, but those presences. Those no-nonsense guys. They will change the game. And like you just said, no-nonsense. Yeah. I love that Evan Fournier is a no-nonsense guy, and I think he's going to kill for us, man, because he's going to have the green light. He's played with Kimba. You know, they, they were, for the little time they were together, they were some of the best offense, you know, partners in the league. 
for those mm-hmm. few games, man. He's going to do wonders for us, and I can't wait to see him, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what Evan Fournier brings to the Knicks as well. And, you know, CP, shout out to your core vision, what you did with Tommy D and seeing just like the instant chemistry they had for such a short stint together in Boston. Mm-hmm. You see they're looking for each other at the three-point line, looking for each other when they're cutting. It's So I'm, it, it's good to see that they'll be able to build on that continuity from Boston here in New York. I'm excited to see yeah. that get it going, to see that get going. On top of that, I also am looking forward to having him reduce his role as a player as well because he was – one of those top two, three options in Orlando, and he doesn't have to be that guy mm. here in New York, right? He was, for, you know, shout out to our guy, Chip Murphy. He was talking about how Evan Fournier had to be the, the focal primary playmaker down in crunch time. Like they're looking for him to do pick and rolls, give and goes, mm. all these different plays to get that crunch time bucket. And that's just not him. That's not who he is. He's more of like in the middle, in between game, gives you the feeling of the stats. Like he'll get you his 17, right? He'll get you those points. He'll shoot well from behind the arc, but you don't need him. You don't want him being your lead playmaker coming down the stretch. And that's what Orlando had him doing with Vooch. So we're, I'm excited to see him not have to do that and be playing in a more comfortable role for himself. Being that, being just a, you know, a high efficiency role player on this team, you know, someone who's going to cut, who's going to splash, take the open looks, good catch and shoot, can take it to the rack. You know, not the greatest finisher, but you still have to honor him. He's a good, he's not the best on-ball defender, but he's a damn good team defender. So I'm looking very good. I'm looking so, I'm looking forward to that. Just having like competent wing players on this team for once. Just That's that's probably the most exciting thing about Evan Fournier. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't mind real yeah, quick, yeah, I just yeah, want to say that word competent, it's going to, it's changed the game for us as in the Knicks organization. Last year, it's twist it, it things change when we got a competent front office now this season we have a competent shit every everything right like mm-hmm. from the bench the wings all of it having competent players is gonna do wonders for us man yeah as well well said bro good points and um al i thought you made a good point too just in terms of his role right you know not not having to be the focal point and and you know the pressures that come with it and just you know just being a guy that that can play his his role and play to his strengths which is being a solid three-point shooter for us and i think that you know the most underrated part of his game is his passing i think every year of his career he's been in double digits in terms of assist percentage uh this year he's, he's in the 70th percentile he's basically been in the, in the top quarter of the league his entire career in, in that regard so i think again when you when you contrast him with bullock you now have a guy that's going to keep your offense moving he's not just a standstill catch and shoot guy but he's a guy that can put the ball on the floor again facilitate for you he's a guy that could that could run the break for you so now you have uh, Kemba or Rose, whoever's going to be starting. I think it'll be Kemba. You have RJ, you have Fournier, and you have Julius. You have four guys now that can grab a rebound and get and get it and go, which is where I think the Knicks really need to take their offense uh, next year because we, we just have those guys that can thrive in transition. Yeah. When you talk about yeah. RJ, OB, Fournier, you know, guys like that. I, I think Fournier will definitely add that dimension. Um, one of the notable things that, that he said in the interview was that he wanted to work on um, shooting off the dribble, which is something that, that RJ is also working on this year. But Fournier was actually pretty good last year. I think I have his stats mm-hmm. around uh, 50-something percent effective field goal percentage um, on pull-ups. But he said that, you know, again, that's that's something that he's working on. And also, as his game evolves, uh, operating more out of the post, 
So those are those are two areas of his game that he's he's going to be working on. So listen, I, I think Fournier is going to continue to you know be a consistent three point threat for us, space the floor well for Julius and RJ as he said he intended to do, and again yeah. he, he's working on those those two areas um, of his game to kind of have his offense evolve, have the defense you know does it does it improve? Does it not improve? We'll see. Time will tell. Again, I thought. What Bullock's job was, he, he may not have been a uh, 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 defensive stopper by any stretch, but he, he most, most nights he handled the toughest assignments on the perimeter. And so I'm not sure if we're going to have that versatility again this year with the team. And so we'll see what happens, how it impacts the defense, and how you know the extra offense kind of counters that. So that, that'll be left to be seen. Another thing with Fournier for me is um, he's not going to get to the rim for you. You know, he's not he's not a rim attacker. He's not a guy that's going to draw a ton of fouls uh, from that standpoint. So, again, we'll see how that kind of impacts the offense, because what we saw last year was that while Julius and RJ or RJ more so attacked the rim, neither one finished at the rim for fairly well. So it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out with Fournier. It's good that you have a counter in Kemba, who, although his rim attempts went down last year, he still finished the best out of starting five. So, again, um, a couple things to consider. But I, I like the Fournier pickup. I'm not, you know, mad at the contract. A good guy came on here, faced the heat, came on Knicks Fan TV first. And, and you know, the, the fans really got a chance to, to really see who he was and know who he was. He's played for a small market team most of his career. And so you really didn't know much about him. So I, I give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah. We needed guys – that are hard-nosed blue-collar guys. You know, I, I was nervous about, you know, the Lonzo Balls, and yet he, he's not a wing, but, like, those are options that we had on the table. I love the Fournier pickup because he has something to prove, like, this season. He just came off of the Olympic run where I know he has that chip on his shoulder, uh-huh. right? KD and those guys just knocked them out twice, actually, for a guy. 48, he knocked them out in the NBA playoffs and then in the Olympics. But he, he for me, you know, I don't know if you guys felt like this. He kind of made his name in this Olympic run. Yeah, you know yeah he, played well. he, he played well. He, man. he played well. He played well, for, you know, for, for those guys. So I'm excited to see him bring that tenacity over to the orange and blue. And I think he will. Absolutely. Um, shout out to... Who's this in the chat? Uh, Zane Dane says he attacks the rim. Look at him with Team France in Orlando. I mean, I'm looking at the stats right now uh, with with, or, with, uh, with with Orlando. Um, where is it? I think it was – hang on one second. We'll take a look at his shooting frequency at the rim here. 23% with the Magic. 12% with, with the Celtics last year. So, I mean – Again, he's he's not a slasher. Is the point? He's not he's not a slasher. Is what I'm trying to say. As yep. opposed to you know R.J. who again is a slasher but hasn't finished well at the rim. So that that's basically the point that that I'm trying to make. Fournier's forte is shooting. You know whether it's yeah. shooting from three, shooting off the mid range, or or uh, or shooting off the dribble. And again, yeah. I think that you know the spacing that he's going to provide to this offense will certainly give us a lift. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. What, what do you guys think about Evan Fournier? Leave your comments in the chat. 
on, on in terms of your expectations. And speaking of which, let's go to D from North Carolina who wants to chime in on Mitch and Fournier. D, how you feeling? What's going on, CP? What's going on, fellas? What's good, bro? How you doing? Yeah. Oh. Not much. You know, as as far as Mitch, you know, I think we spoke about it before, but you know, I don't I don't put everything all the blame on him because of all the st- instability we had in the past when he first mm-hmm. got there. And I'm hoping Thibodeau will get on his behind and, you know, get him straightened out. But, you know, I, I just don't want to see him, you know, like Dwight Howard, you know, play around too much, is immature, like he was saying, and loses his potential because he's not mature enough. Right. Right. That, 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 that yeah. would be my issue with him. But, you know, the, the ability and his skills are there. He just has to grow up. As far as Fournier, you know, I'm glad they picked him up. I was happy that they picked him up instead of DeRozan because, you know, people forget that he was, even though they weren't a great team, the games that Orlando did win was because mostly because of Fournier and his scoring. So, you know, with, with, with that being said, it's, he, he was what we need, especially what I like about him and Kemba is that they're both genuine dudes. So they're good people. They're going to help these young kids. They're going to help that everybody else reach their potential. And I'm hoping that, you know, they'll be able to feed and bleed over into, into Mitch, into RJ, into Randall, and help them all reach their potentials. Yeah. yeah. It's a good point, man. A very, very good point, man. There we go. Uh, I'm, I'm very much encouraged uh, by these two additions, man. Just just adding this to the team, and again, the team's overall focus on uh, having shot creators, more more shot creators. We got exposed in that Hawks series by not having enough. And again, you bring in a Fournier, you bring in Kemba. I think those that was the right formula at, at their price, right? Obviously, there were better players that you wanted. You know, no question, there were other players that they, that they wanted, but. Within their price, and when they took that a prudent approach to the offseason, and this is what they came out with, I think these were two good additions. Good good call by D. Yeah, I love what D said about the fact that he can space the floor mm-hmm. and, he, and he can also, you know, be a mentor to these guys. Yeah. You know, I'm really big on looking at these guys from an aspect of, like, their mental health. Things of that mm-hmm. sort. I think if we would have got like a guy like DeRozan, you know, yeah, he he seems like a really good locker room guy as well. But DeRozan want to be a star, man. He he only got a few more years left on his in his career. Yeah. He wants to be the guy. We don't got anybody on his team like that anymore, right? I think you know the only guy that I'm a little nervous about is quickly from that aspect because he's young, he's flashy, mm-hmm. he's getting the buzz, but. If you look at our entire starting lineup and, if, and, a, and and even going into the bench, everybody has played their role their whole career. Even Kimball Walker, right? Like, people don't realize that when we had a, uh, you know, when Kimball was in Charlotte, he was the man. But there was moments he'd take a backseat for Al Jefferson, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, he's just that guy. I love the fact that Evan Fournier is a guy who doesn't need the spotlight to shine. And that's that France living, right? That, that European, Selfless. you know personality man so I, I love what you said man yeah he he's going to be a mentor to these guys and i think that's what they need absolutely and i think touching on the mitch subject mitch has just mitch has probably the 
the most untapped potential. He's just like the biggest question mark. Yeah, yeah. And like you see, you just see the potential there. It's just, can he put it all together? And to his point, he's right. Like the first two seasons under Fisdale, like he didn't have the true guidance that he needed to be a center. He was just kind of given free reign just to go block shots and just be who he is. Now he actually has an organized coaching staff. You know, you have Kenny Payne, someone who's worked with bigs who, you know, has that relationship with Julius Randle, has that relationship with Anthony Davis, Cat, guys who he's had them, like even Cat, Cat when he was in college played defense. And then when he got to the NBA, we just saw his un- offense just become unleashed. So yeah, I, I, I would just want to see what he can do. I want to see what Kenny Payne and Tom Thibodeau can do with Mitch this season and another off season. It, but Mitch is just, if, I said this on, uh, actually John said this on uh, our pod. Mitch, because we did way too early like season awards, like mm-hmm. guys who were most improved and so forth. <laughs> right. And uh, Mitch is the guy that we need to get the most improved. Like he yeah, needs yeah. that. He yeah. needs that award. He's the guy. If you, and if he does that, this team is skyrocketing. the The potential of this team takes a massive leap. So good point. good point. He really needs. He really needs to like just let himself like come out and just be that be that center that we know he can be. Yeah, that that's an excellent point. Um, one correction on, on Fournier. I said that he didn't draw fouls. That was, that was in Boston it is his, uh, foul drawing rate was low, but actually in Orlando, it was up there. He was in the 87th percentile in shooting foul draw rate, 12.6% at 92nd percentile in non-shooting foul draw rate. So he actually did, uh, very well last year it was his best year in, in terms of drawing contact. So, um, yeah, so just, just a correction. There was in Boston where he, he didn't really draw it a lot, but he wasn't there for that long. He was only there for 16 games. So, right. uh, that's the correction there on Fournier. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP, Alex Rotaro, special guest for Luke McCullum in the, in the, in the building. Remember tonight's show as usual is presented by Manscaped fellas. Fall is vastly approaching. You got the pumpkins patches going on. And my guys at Manscaped <laughs> want to make sure that you don't carve those pumpkins up incorrectly. So what you got to do is go get that lawnmower 4.0 by Manscaped. It's got the uh, ceramic blade technology, skin safe technology. So you cut down on those nicks. You got the LED spotlight. So, you know, you can do it in the dark, whatever you're into. Uh, great, great battery life. Wireless charger and wire charger. Waterproof as well, fellas. Lawnmower 4.0. And as usual, you can get 20% off plus free shipping by going to manscaped.com and entering promo code KFTV. And they got a lot of other great products, not just Lawnmower 4.0, but you got the Performance Package 4.0. In the Performance Package, you get the Lawnmower 4.0, you get the Weed Whacker, which is the uh, the nose and, and ear trimmer. And you get the uh, the ball toner, which is, uh, you know, some some ball toner, ball deodorant. You know what I'm saying? When you're at work and you got to go to happy hour, you don't got time to take a shower. Just, you know, take a couple spritzes down there. You, you're real fresh, man, real fresh. And then you also get a pair of box of briefs. So that is the performance package 4.0. And like I said, 20% off plus free shipping. Great deal. Ships to the U.S., U.K., Europe, South Africa. It goes all the way to South Africa, Australia. And Singapore as well. So uh, go out there and get your lawnmower 4.0. No testimonials, as we always say on the show. No testimonials. I trust your judgment. Just just go out there and get it. <laughs> All right, fellas. So we talked. We talked Mitch. We talked Fournier. Um, Julito. We, we got two rookies. Three rookies actually. One of which went went back to Spain. But two rookies who are. Uh, 
showed out in the summer league, man. Really, really made a name for themselves in the summer league. We we talked about Miles McBride on the last show. Uh, tonight we're gonna talk about one Quentin Grimes out of the University of Houston, man. Sharpshooter, defender. Uh, tenacious defender, sharpshooter, really put it on on display in the summer league, man. What what were your thoughts on Quentin Grimes, and uh, what do you see as a season outlook for him? Yeah, uh, before I get on Grimes, I just have to say I am president of the Deuce McBride uh, of oh, yeah. fan club. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I haven't joined the fan club in quite some time for Nick Player, <laughs> but I am <laughs> Team Deuce. Yeah. So I just want to throw that out there Absolutely. to whoever's listening. Take do it do with it what you will. I will say okay. <laughs> <No doubt>. uh, <laughs> or grinds. Yeah, um, I'm. I really love the you know the the picks we got this year, man. Um, but as far as Grimes, you know, <sighs> Grimes is the kind of guy that he just needs to be confident in this game, and I'm unsure if that we'll get to see the true potential of Grimes this season mm-hmm. because he's playing behind a guy like Alec Burks like Evan Fournier or, or R.J. Barrett. Like, he's playing behind guys who you know they will get minutes. The only thing that will stop them from getting minutes is injury, and neither neither of those guys are injury-prone. So, you know, Grimes may not get uh, – uh, excuse, yeah, Grimes, excuse me. Uh, he may not get the minutes that he will need to succeed, Yeah, but I like the kid. I think his shot, once he's confident, as you can see in the summer league, right, First two games, it's a new stage. You know, it's different for him. He struggled. Mm-hmm. After that, we started to truly see the sharp shooting. We got to truly see the defense that they've been talking about. We got to see the kid. I, I, in seeing that, I can see that he's a guy that if we need a three and D guy, he's that. You know, if we need a guy, I love his. I'm going back to maturity. I love his maturity. Yo, that dude looks like he's been in the. You know, he's like yeah. 28 and been around for quite some time, right? Like, I love the fact that Grimes is a a prove-it kind of guy, like a, a Tibbs kind of guy. He's those, like, rough necks that's, like, willing to prove it. Mm-hmm. I, yo, I just want to be a fly in the wall at training camp, y'all. Like, I just want to be a fly in the wall at training camp because, yo, Kevin Knox, you I, you were situational last year. But you may be in Argentina or, uh, <laughs> or Dubai playing because Kev, Grimes Kev might be getting the water, man. Yo, you might be going to get the, the, the you know, holding the bags like a rookie again, bro, because this Grimes kid has what it takes to be an efficient NBA yeah. player. And I love Great, that we got word. every guy that we got this year, they have the potential to. They may not be superstars, but they are efficient NBA players. Yeah. And I think that's what Grimes will bring to this team. He may not get the minutes, but I think he's going to be a pivotal player for us in practice since we finally get some practices. He's going to be a pivotal player for us in the long run. I just don't think he will get the playing time this year that he needs. Efficient is a good word. Go ahead, Al. And I agree with Julito 100%. Like, once again, go back to – uh, Mike Powell, when we did the way too early season awards, I we said we asked we did the who's going to win the rookie of the year award, and I chose Deuce McBride because I think Deuce is going to get minutes over Quinn mm-hmm. Grimes just mm-hmm. because of mm-hmm. you know we know I I think Derrick Rose and Kemba Walker are going to be sitting games where you have IQ playing in the starting lineup, and that will give 
some opening to Deuce McBride to play with a second unit. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it's going to, I think that's more likely to happen. And I think for when it comes to Quentin Grimes, you know, we mentioned Alec Burks, we got Evan Fournier, we have RJ Barrett. We, we have so many wings at this point, like IQ plays it too. He's not, he's not going on the bench. He's, he's solidified in that second unit. There's yeah. just no opportunities for him like that, that will give him that many minutes to actually shine this season. Mm-hmm. But to add on to what Julio said, like we saw him in summer league, like he didn't look comfortable. What I did like about him though, is that he always played a good four game every single mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. He was, he was hustling. He was diving for the ball. He was going out of bounds for it. He was crashing the boards. He got a lot of rebounds every single night. And then once summer league started to close out, you start, you start to see that shot drop. And the other thing that I liked about him too, is that he's able to push the pace and he actually has some playmakers in him. He averaged three assists during summer league. Yeah. So I, I'm intrigued by that aspect of his game. I don't think we know fully enough what his game is. I think in, cause in college, they just like to put these guys into like a true role, have them be what they are. So he was in college three and D guy, right? I think there's more to his game that we don't know yet. And I just, I'm just intrigued from what we saw through summer league. Yeah. Um, but with playing time, I don't think he'll get the minutes needed just to get that. Unless he really like goes in there and starts shooting like super efficiently from behind the arc, you know, that just says, Oh, you know, we, we don't need Burks. He's shooting 40% from three already mm-hmm. bring him in, but I don't see that happening. Uh, agreed. And, and um, I'll echo both of your sentiments by saying, you know, I don't think the playing time will be there for him un- unless injury and uh, you know, knock on wood, obviously you don't hope this happens, but you got to add in a COVID injury for all these guys. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, it it's a possibility. And so obviously we saw it took out Burks. It took out Rose last year. Um, you know, but, but he, he's, he's, he's going to be on the outside looking in when it comes to playing time, because obviously you have RJ, the, the, the wings position is going to be, um, you know, pretty locked in because you have RJ Fournier, you have quickly Burks. Yeah. And then, you know, that that's basically where um, uh, uh, Grimes is, is going to have to fit in. So I, I don't see that that uh, I don't see the playing time coming for him. But, you know, again, it could be a nice red shirt year for him, a nice year to, to continue to learn. And as Caluto said, you know, practice hard, practice well with these guys and, and his opportunity may come. So I think but he's a guy that will stay ready in, in because I feel like they picked up two guys um, who are mature, focused, locked in. And I thought you just saw that. Yes, it was some league, but you saw that, and especially under the rest and, and when he was struggling because those first two games, his shot wasn't there. But that's why I was I was encouraged. And I felt like it was going to come along because, to your point, Al, his floor game was still solid. He was still hustling. Mm-hmm. He was still rebounding. His defense was still on point for the most part, making smart reads. The awareness was there. The IQ was on full display. And then after the second game, the, I mean, the, the the shot was just on fire, bro. Just just Ooh. absolutely on fire. And um, one, one of the dope stats for him coming out of uh, Houston in his last year he was in the 83rd percentile off catch and shoots while guarded. So you have a guy that can make tough shots. And I thought that's another area on this team that this that uh that we need to that we needed to address is having tough shot makers, not just guys that could, you know, shoot wide open jumpers. Because especially in the playoffs, when the playoff time comes and you having more savvy defenders and they're cutting off your airspace, you're gonna have to still make buckets. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna have to make buckets. So that was one of the stats that had jumped out to me when in his last year, Houston, and then also 63rd percentile uh, shooting off the dribble. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, and so um, in terms of areas of of improvement, both in Houston and, and also in the limited summer league, you didn't see much of, of a intermediate, you know, the mid range. You didn't really shoot well from the mid range and also didn't really attack the basket as much. And so those are the two areas that you definitely want to see him improve on at the next level, attacking the basket, having more confident in his handles to get to the basket and also, you know, working on, on a jumper uh, in the intermediate. But so far, you know, as Julito said, if, if he can just start off, you know, from a 3 and D standpoint, his efficiency, I think, will, will certainly carry over. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The kid is going to be good, man. Just we won't – I don't think it's, it'll be this year, like yeah. I said. But I think he is in the future plans, man. I think he is. And – like I said, Knox, Kev, listen, Fortnite may be your future kid. <laughs> Fortnite may be your future kid. Oh, man. Listen, 2K2, 2K22 just came out, Kev. The, the, the Fortnite world champion, right? Everybody listen, can... create your play on 2K, Kev. 
go through it's a it's create a your chapter. player it's a wow. different chapter every few months you know what i mean it's, it's, it's gonna be exciting for you but grom's taking that spot <laughs> grom's taking that spot Bad set. Create Whoa. your player, Al. <laughs> create your player, man. It's your own. player, man. They got the cool face scan. You know, it's not ready yet. The face scan is coming. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, wow. man. That, that's that's hilarious. Shout out to uh, Boston. Nick sends a super chat. He says, without taking away from the vibes, just want to say never forget 9-11. Boston stands with New York 100%. Praise to the heroes and the ones that gave their lives in this tragedy. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, definitely uh, have absolutely. to uh, you know take that into consideration. You know, yesterday was, was definitely um, a somber day and, and a day to remember. You know, I, I think, you know, for me personally... Um, it was just uh, a crazy day. And, it, you know, the eerie thing is, is that yesterday and, and on that day, 9-11-2001, the weather was immaculate. You know, and, and that was one of the things I remember, you know, when, when I go back to that day was just like how perfect the weather was. And it's not to say that, you know, bad things only happen in bad weather, obviously. But it's just one of those where you go out about your day and you, you're never expecting something like that. To, to happen, you know, absolute horror story, you know, unfolding on this city. But, um, you know, as Boston Nick said, nevertheless, you know, definitely want to uh, remember those that we lost, the people who were, you know, directly impacted by it, you know, whether, you know, again, directly or through six degrees of separation, all the first responders that, that uh, you know, uh, helped, all the volunteers that helped, you know, yeah, de- definitely want to shout out to, um, to everyone involved, no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. I was, uh, Sixth grade, man, watching w- watching the towers, man. Yeah, I just show my age, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, sixth or seventh grade, just watching that, man, and that experience was uh, it was tough. It was tough because you know when you're a kid, you don't realize that this is like what what was happening. I was yeah. just like, oh, the towers are on fire, but then you realize as an adult, like how many people were affected and how many lives we lost and you know it's it's, it's super unfortunate so thank you uh to yeah, uh Boston Nick. Boston Shout Nick. Out Boston Nick, yeah 100%. absolutely i remember the same thing i was in uh seventh grade and i just remember the teachers walking out and getting that call and it was just uh you just knew something was up didn't know what it was and then parents just started coming taking the kids home you know and then yeah. just spending time with the family and just racing and just hoping everything would just turn out all right so once again what boston nick said salute to our heroes and everyone that was you know who was there who helped and who was affected by it like during our thoughts and prayers always yeah and no doubt about it and we were trying to get that blueprint album man (laughs) yeah 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 that that, that's it was was a tough get at that time absolutely (laughs) absolutely Shout, shout out to boston nick um, for, for putting that in perspective. Also, shout out uh, Amid Belfort sends a super chat. He says, salute, fellas. Evan Fournier is definitely going to be a fan favorite. I'm sure he found a personal barber for KD this season. You guys are good. Um, anger therapy for me right now, especially after watching that Giants game. Oh, my God, man. Yo, nightmares. Night- nightmares, man. 
Oh, I lost the rest of his comment. Let me, let me try to pull it up. He says, yeah, especially after that <laughs> Giants game, CP, you're a lifesaver. Yeah, I told you, man. Um, but when we get into this fall season, Sunday nights are going to be hard for me, man. I, I, I try to put on a good a good sport face for the people. but oh, A warrior face. Yeah, I, I try, man. Yo, and Julito used to get bad, too, because, remember, I mean, remember 17-win season, Knicks? That was just like two years ago. And and the Giants still been bad. Were, were still bad back then. So oh, you was going through it. Oh, I, I don't know how you would have done. I don't know how I could have done. Yo, I'm not gonna lie, bro. Like I told you off air, I watch all of you every day, every yeah. after every game, of course, bro. I would the Knicks would lose last year, and I was like, I can't listen to Knicks fan TV. Like, I, I just can't do it. Like I, my brain. It's not. It's not able to do it. Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine a Nick loss, a Giant loss. It's yeah. too much. I'm like, not signed up for that. Like, like, uh, like my man said, who dropped the super chat. It, it is therapy once you get on, but it's getting yeah. to get on that. That's that's where the hurdle comes. And then if you if you watching a Giants loss at one o'clock and then a Knicks loss at seven thirty, oh man, it, it's tough. It, it, it's real tough, man. But yeah, the terrible Giants loss today. Hopefully they bounce back against the Reds. CP, I've been a Jets fan, man. We haven't been to the playoffs since 2010, <laughs> all right? Fact. That's a fact. <laughs> all right? That's like, a fact. You know what? And, and what I, they're, 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 I'm yeah, dead inside all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking about that today, too. I was like, I'm like, you know, because I'm always like, yo, I don't know if Daniel Jones is a guy. I really don't think so. I think he's just going to be average. And then I'm like. When I think about the Jets, you guys have been looking for the franchise quarterback since Joe Namath. That's that's forty years, bro. So it could be worse. It could be worse. It could, could, could be, be worse, be. man. Although Zach uh, Wilson looked pretty good today, even though we lost our old quarterback yeah. Sam Darnold, he looked pretty good today. Yeah, Darn- offensive line Darnold just needs to revenge, step man. it up. Darnold got revenge, and you guys lost an offensive lineman today, right? Uh, Becton. We did. Becton. Yeah, yeah, we lost Mackay Becton. Tough. It's, it, it, it seems like he may have a MCL uh, strain, but. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully that's it. Hopefully he's back soon. But yeah, he's a he's a tank. If we're if we're out, if we're out, Mikhail Becton, it's going to be a very 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 ugly season. Very <laughs> ugly. Oh man! Well, good good luck to all fans of New York football because it's going to be a long year. Uh, but back to the back to the player reviews, player expectations for next season. We close the expectation series with our guy. The newly signed, uh, 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 reigning NBA most valued, most improved player. He's most a Knicks improved. MVP, an All Star. Julius Randle, career highs, points, rebounds, assists, three point percentage. The, the the reason that that we got that fourth seed in the East last year, mm-hmm. um, but you know recency bias, Julito. Uh, he, 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 the, the fans knocked him down a couple of pegs. You know, they, they knocked him down off his perch after a, a lackluster playoff performance against the Hawks, man. Um, your thoughts on Julius going into next season? So, I will... Uh, this is going to be my, like... I'm going to call this one my uh, official apology okay. to Julius. Okay. Right? I haven't given him an official apology. So I will, because I went in on Julius <laughs> that his first season here. Yo, me too. I'm you and me both, bro. So, so did it. So Yo, did. the takes I had. See, I didn't even know that this world was a thing yet. So yeah, the yeah. takes I had with my friends and, like, at the games, 
you needed to eat their beat behind mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say, Julius, I apologize. I, you know, listen, any I, you understand that we didn't we because I know they yeah. listen to it, right? So, yeah. so I'm yes. talking straight to you, Julius. Yes, I know you listen, and I know you understood why we went on on you the first season, right? I just want to say I apologize and thank you for making last year one of the best years to be a Knicks fan. I will say that. Playoffs aside, thank you for making last year one of the best years. Um, at the same time, uh, Julius, man, like I, I think he's what he's done over a season period, man. Yo, it, it was it was astonishing to see, and you know? he he improved in every area. Everything. He improved with just. You know, being the player that a, that can be a two or number three option for a, t- a winning team, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I love that about him. I love the fact that he took the challenge. He went in. He understood where the backlash came from from his first season. He didn't just take that and say, you know what, screw you guys, and, and, and let it beat him up. No, he went to work over the offseason last year, and he came back, and he brought us to a fourth seed, and I'm, I'm forever – He's forever in my heart because of that. And I think this season, what I'm really excited to see in, in Julius Randle is more of that playmaking ability. Now that he's finally playing with guys around him that can all give something on the offensive end. You know, like, I loved Reggie again, but all he, you know, if, if yeah. Reggie's not wide open, it's but, it's but so much you're getting from him on the offensive end. And then you're playing with a point guard, he who must not be named, that did nothing for you on that mm-hmm. on that end. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, you know, I think, like I said, it's an understatement about what good point guards will do for everybody on his team. Yeah. From the RJs, from the Mitches, and, and most importantly for Julius, man. I love the fact, you know, I was, I talked to Alex about this. I was worried about getting a point guard that Julius wouldn't trust. Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I wasn't sure if Julius would trust a guy like Lonzo Ball. I think he would. He would have still looked at it like, "Yeah, it's my team. I'm not. I'm not allowing you to get the, to to take over. I'm yeah. not allowing you to be the center of of the offense or even the defense." I lo- I think Kimba Walker was the perfect Julius Randle, mm. the perfect guy that can keep him at bay because sometimes Julius is. You know, he's the, the energy. Yeah, the energy yeah. gets him right. And I, I there's times where I sat courtside and I'm staring at Julius, and yo, his he looks like his heart is beating out of his chest because of the energy the Garden brings. Oh man, playoffs was it's never more apparent, bro. As I've never experienced anything like that. I've been going to Nick games for almost ten years. Mm-hmm. A guy like Kimba Walker will calm that down for him, Absolutely. and he will trust him enough to say, "I got you." Do your thing. I'm going to bring what I brought to the team last year, but now I, I trust the guys that that are running the, you know, running the routes with me. And, yeah, I just think for me, I don't think Julius needs to do anything but be himself this year. Breathe. You've had a playoff series now. Finally, out of all these years in, your, in the league, you've had a playoff series. You've seen what it was about. You see what it is to be – in a Nick, you know, in a Nick, in a Madison Square Garden, while it's rocking, you've seen all these things. You've seen what it was to be the best player on the team. Now, take a moment, breathe, and now bring us to that next level. And I'm, I'm just happy to, you know, to see what he does this season. I don't know if it's any tangible thing I can say. I want to see 
you know, Julius do different this year. I just want him to be able to play his game. And 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 without the the weight of the whole team on his shoulders. Now you got some sidekicks. Now let's go to work. Yeah, where are you at on, yeah. on Julius? I agree with Julito. I, yeah. There's not much I really am asking for Randall to like come in here with and just change his game. I want him to play the same game that he did last season because it worked. It worked not only for him, but it also worked for the team. So don't break what don't fix what's not broken. Mm-hmm. So come in, do the same thing that you do. You know, Julito pointed it out. Like he was anxious during the playoffs. Like he didn't have that experience. Some guys, when they never have that experience, like their senses just get heightened to a level where it's just like you're you're in your own head. You just can't perform. But then after that one playoff series that you had, then you can come back in the next season like, I know what this is like now. I know that it's a slower game. I know we're going to be playing a lot more half court. I also think that when you watch Randall last season, he was legitimately the only guy that was scoring for us. Yeah. Not just the playoffs. Like, he didn't do it. He didn't show it in the playoffs. But throughout the regular season, like, he was the guy. Like, we relied on him every single night. So it was on him again in the playoffs being the sole creator not only for himself but for the offense to say all right this is all on you now you're the point forward go do it he, he hasn't he was only a point forward for one season and that was under David Fisdale and a little bit of Mike Miller and that wasn't enough to even get his like his bearings to be to understand what a point forward is mm-hmm. now he gets a point guard in Kemba Walker you have Derrick Rose I don't think Derrick Rose is the guy that you necessarily wanted to play with because both of them need the ball in their hands all the time I think Kemba Walker as Julio has mentioned on this on this uh, on tonight's show so many times, Kemba like around the league is known as like one of the best guys, one of the best locker room guys. Like mm-hmm. everyone loves Kemba Walker. Whatever team he goes with to, they just love him. Mm-hmm. Like if he stayed at OKC, they would have loved him at OKC. They loved him in Boston. They loved him in Charlotte. We're gonna love him not only because he's from New York, but because of just his personality. And mm-hmm. you know, as Julio also mentioned earlier, like he there's nights where he could take a backseat and say, "All right, man, go cook." He'll let Julius cook. He doesn't need the ball all the time. And I think understand that he's injured, that he's getting he's that point of his career where he's going to be that mentor, a leader. You know, he's still going to give you buckets, but he's going to organize the offense. He's going to do those things and just take that pressure off Julius so Julius doesn't have to do it every single night. And also for Julius, like he's got Evan Fournier, who can also do some playmaking. R.J. Barrett, if R.J. Barrett takes another step forward this season. He should be able to do a little bit more playmaking that we saw, you know, not just giving Mitch uh, the Gotham mob, but also finding other guys. And we saw there's there were nights that RJ did it last season. Mm-hmm, there were mm-hmm. like where he would just find guys. So I think for Randall this season, as long as he plays his game, knowing that he's now got the team around him that he needed, he has the shooters. Mitch is going to grab help him grab the boards. I think he's ready to go for this season. We're going to see a more relaxed and a more ready Julius than what we did last season and to talk about just so that everyone who i don't know if you know this but i'm blocked by julius Randle, so i don't even know what he said i'm like <laughs> i'm right. completely blocked that's right <laughs> because you offended all, because him you offended him Al. i Yo. did I, I i was harsh i was Listen, really harsh look man <laughs> thank god that my takes didn't hit twitter i don't think i think julius Randle would have sent some people at yeah. me because the way the way i felt about julius man so alex i listen Let's let's get you out of the uh, out of the, <laughs> the lockup, man. Let's get you, free, yeah, he, free he Alex out the chain. Game, man. I forgot about that. Yeah, he he, he <laughs> yo he blocked a lot of people. He definitely he hasn't blocked me yet. He has not blocked me yet. Uh, but he yes he did block Alex, man. 
Damn, Alex. Yeah. What did you, what'd you say? <laughs> Look, man, I was making a lot of Apple turnover jokes, a lot of uh, a lot of too many Tasmanian spinning jokes. Man. Oh, the spin jokes. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. The spin jokes the spin were just jokes, too man. much, man. It was just too much. The, 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 the spin jokes, man. Absolutely hilarious. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say again, last year, you know, it, and to no one's to, to no surprise, it was a revelation, man, for for me just watching this guy because I felt like the last year's version of Julius Randle was the guy I expected us to get when we first signed him. Mm-hmm. But but the questions that I had when he came in the first year was, can he continue to shoot the three ball as like he did in his last year with the Pelicans, and can he be a playmaker for this team? And the first year, it was it was a disaster on both ends. Now, is that a Fisdale thing? Is that a Julius responding to the pressure? I think it could have been a mix of both. The roster composition, you know, you know, Mook was kind of kind of the primary go-to guy as well. So I think it was a little bit of, of uh, a combination of, of those things. But this past season, he he was ridiculous. He was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, forget forget the shot for a second, but. 27% assist percentage. When we talk about playmaking, he was in the 97th percentile in assist percentage. Wow. 88th percentile in assist to usage. So, you know, Julito earlier, you talked about efficiency. He's moving the ball. He's efficient with the ball. And then you tack on the three-point shot. His arsenal was like, it, it was really mellow-esque in, in, in some stretches, man. So watching this guy operate on the offensive end. Last season, it was really mellow-esque because I, I was shocked to, to see him, you know, get a lot of those shots off. Now, uh, next season, you're putting fans in the seats. You're giving teams a chance to adjust to see, to see what, you know, the player that he's become. How does he adjust to that? Do I see the numbers, you know, tapering off a little bit? I don't think it'll be because of performance, like his own performance, like getting in between his head. I think if the numbers do taper down a little bit, I think it'll be a result of having that help. You know, Kemba, you know, having dominating the ball a little bit. Fournier putting the ball on the floor and scoring. RJ scoring a bit more. So I think it'll his numbers may come down as a result of the help that he's getting where he doesn't have to do everything. And as Ulito said, now you can trust your, you know, four out of your starting five for the most part to go get their own and not have to, you know, put everything on him. So I think if the numbers do go down, it would be a result of help. But, you know, if you look at his career arc, his trajectory, he's gotten better every year. And you you see the workout videos, not to get hype over those, but the overall theme is he's putting in the work. You know, he just signed for the bag. He's putting in the work. He's in Dallas. He's in L.A. He's in New York. He's with Brickley. He's with Ty. You know, he's, he's – and he's looking cut. You know, look, look at very cut up out there. And so you could tell he's hungry. You could tell the, the, the playoff embarrassment is weighing on him. And again, he, he wants to be the guy for this team. So uh, I think Julius, is like Julito said, I, I think he'll be a lot more relaxed. And I think he's going to have another good year, man. couple areas where, um, you know, I'd like to see him improve on. It's just, again, attacking the rim more. Attacking the rim a lot more and finishing more there. I think last season... If we looked at a shot mix, I believe 50% came from the mid-range, about 23% from three, 27% from three, and then 23% at the rim. I still think he, he has a size and agility to attack at will. 
and and get some more easy easier buckets, high percentage, high percent, um, easier buckets. Yeah. And and then he only finished at fifty nine percent. He finished sixteenth percentile uh, shots at the rim. So uh, along with RJ, you know, if we're gonna have the spacing with the force is gonna be a little bit more open. Uh, we want to finish a bit better at the rim, and so. I think that's an area where I'd like to see him improve on. And overall, play calling, I'd like to see them get him easier shots where it's not just, you know, creating for yourself. You know, run some pick and roll with Kemba, more pick and roll with Derrick Rose, pick and pop, utilize, you know, Julius' strengths shooting out of the mid-range, just getting them some easier buckets within the flow and rhythm of the offense. I think that'll keep them fresh in, in games for sure. But, uh, yeah, looking looking forward to year three of Julius in the Nick uniform, man, because last year was uh, he was electric for us. Yeah, an eye-opener for me, CP, was – that uh, that hawk series where they were truly able to sag off of Julius uh-huh. and you know sag off of whatever player was around Julius in such a way that ultimately every time Julius had the ball in that series he was triple team yeah. or double team right and just the fact that we got guys like Kimba like Fournier just surrounding him you can't sag off of Fournier you can't sag off of Kimba so now Julius essentially we'll play one-on-one every possession. And I think with the Julius we saw last year and now going into this year, a Julius on a one-on-one is dangerous. And now we don't have to worry about mm-hmm. these guys sagging off. The Atlanta Hawks can't sag off of us. yeah, And they can't sag off of Julius, man. And I think that's going to be a game changer in his for him, for this team. And I think I truly think that is going to take us to a next level. When you're playing against a point guard that you know will not give you anything on the offensive yeah, end, right. for the most part, right? <laughs> it, it, it's it's you know you have the game plan every year, every every game. Excuse me, you have the game plan against us. Yeah, our offense was stagnant. It stalled. It was a half court offense that just wouldn't work at times. But thank God we can't. You know, we started hitting that three point towards the middle and the end of the season. But now, you know, we will not talk to Alex about it. We won't start every single game down 10 points in the first quarter. Mm -hmm. And that alone, it will be the game changer for us because it's exhausting to always play catch up every possession, every game. Now, there will be times where I can see us starting, you know, going into the second quarters and into the halves up 10, up 15 possibly, right? And that alone will change the dynamic for Julius's game and for us as the Knicks in the, in, in the whole. Yep. That's absolutely. Really good points. Get, get it out. Yeah. No, those are really great points. And uh, to, to add on to your, uh, to your pick and roll with Julius CP, I think, and I think Julito hit it. Like when you have a point guard who can't score and what, what do you expect to do in yeah. the, the pick and roll, you know, with no, with, with no jumper whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it, I think this season, we should definitely see it, especially with Kemba. And even if you want to use Evan Fournier, like, and honestly, I think you should even, they should even try RJ and Julius in a little bit of a pick and roll too. I think mm-hmm. really bully ball uh, with those two guys. Yeah. Um, those guys can now hit the mid, the mid range. All those guys can hit the three point shot. You know, what, the question is, will they all be able to finish? Uh, but that's, that's, that's the, that's a big question, but I think now you can do a pick and roll with Julius also, since he doesn't have to be the, primary initiator all the time and you have other guys who can bring the bring the ball up as well 
we should definitely be able to see some pick and roll with Julius now. Yeah, uh, absolutely, man. Led the league with that uh, that that baseline mid range. Uh, led the league in, in efficiency there. Um, and a couple a- underrated aspects of his game. He he did receive four uh, votes for second team All Defense in the NBA, and and a couple of, of notable stats amongst power forwards. He was um, th- number three out of the top five in terms of lowest field goal percentage on isolations, minimum 50 shots faced. Opponents shot 28.4% on him in isolation. Rashawn Holmes was one, Kyle Anderson two, Julius Randle three. They put Justin Holiday in there, and then uh, and then Draymond Green five. So, Yo, Yo CP, mm-hmm. people laughed at me when I said Julius Randle. I won't say he's an elite defender, but he's a very good defender. People laughed at me. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that's I don't think it's funny, man. Julius Randle played a huge part in the Knicks defense being good last season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just what it is, man. And I think now that we have uh you know Mitch coming back, yeah, I think that's gonna help us so much in that in that front court, man. And listen, man, yo, Julius is gonna shine on the defensive end this year. I really believe yeah. that. Yep. And it's, and it's all intingent on Mitch saying healthy, but I, I I I truly don't see Mitch. Not gonna what I don't see Mitch getting you know any catastrophic injury this season. Yeah. So I think Mitch Julius is gonna do amazing on the defensive end force. The, the durability's been a plus for him. You know, outside of his rookie year when he broke his leg, he, he's been fairly durable and, and reliable for us. You know, and I think you gotta you gotta factor that into consideration as well. Uh, and that stat, that that stat in terms of lowest field goal percentage isolations, that was um, all positions. So Julius finished third in all positions, and then also he finished in the top five. He was actually tied with uh, Bam Adebayo in terms of lowest field goal percentage on post-ups. Minimum mm-hmm. 35 shots faced. Number one was Rudy Gobert, 31.8%. Uh, tied for two is Randall and, and Bam, 34.8%. Fourth is James Harden, 36.1%. And uh, fifth, Stephen Adams, 36.2%. So Julius uh, at the top of the league in terms of post-defense and isolation. So two-way, two-way player for us, man. You know, two-way player. I always go back to think about that Brooklyn Nets game where Julius got switched onto Kyrie and he was matching him like step for step. I was, mm-hmm. I was just so impressed yeah. for a guy of his stature just to keep up with Kyrie, one of the most shiftiest point guards in the league. That that says a lot about Julius's footwork, the training he had to do to get to that type of level mm-hmm. and the defensive intensity that he brings. So it's not it's not surprising. I mean, Julius is also a big dude in the paint. Like he could he was handling Andre Drummond pretty well when yeah. we played the Cavs. Like he's he, yeah. he 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 doesn't get bullied around that easily. He actually yeah. does the bullying, which is what's awesome about Julius. I think that's where you're starting to see the maturity in Julius and just understanding his own body and understanding his own game. So, understand where the advantages uh, are. Julius played well against Anthony Davis when we when it, when we played the Lakers. Oh, absolutely mm-hmm. in L.A. in L.A. In L.A., man, he played well against him, man. Julius is is a good defender, man, for sure. Yeah, it's for sure. And so, yes, you know, we know he's got to shake the playoff demon. Everybody's going to be watching for that, and, and rightfully so. It's understandable. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. He he is the, the king of the, the squad. He's the king of the city right now. So that's going to be left to be seen. And also, as the season, you know, progresses – 
where do they go in, in crunch time? How do, how do how does he execute in crunch time? We know that was one area where he faltered mm-hmm. a lot on the big stage. We saw the Nets game, couple others where, uh, you know, I, I didn't like the shot selection. A lot of times it was just, you know, ISO and take a, a tough mid-range shot. I didn't necessarily like that. So I want to see how he adjusts, how Tibbs adjusts in terms of the play calling. And if they do put it in his hands in crunch time, you know, can he deliver? I think that's going to be the biggest question marks for Julius going into next season. Right. Right. And somebody in the chat brought up Julius versus Sabonis too. Yeah, he yo Sabonis is a little, little man, uh-huh. little man against Julius. You can't do. Come on, man. Julius will turn up for us this season. But I love the trajectory of his defensive play. Yeah, no question, man. I'm I'm showing the highlights of the Dallas game. Remember the Dallas game where he turned oh, up. Yes. Beasted on on uh, on Dallas, man. He, he was just in his oh, bag. They they had no answers for him on that game against the against the Mavs. Uh, he had a, he had mm-hmm. an incredible regular season, and, and you know that's why I know when people want to you know trash on him for the playoffs. Listen, the regular season still counts for something. And like well, I said, this team is a lottery team without him. So you got to give some credit where it's due. He he was an absolute monster for this team, night in and night mm-hmm. out. Uh, rarely took a night off, if any. And, yeah. you know, he, he got us where we needed to be. Now we, we need help. Obviously, it's not a one-man show. He's not LeBron James. He's, he's not a game-changer in that regard. To me, he's he's probably the third-best player on a championship team, but it is what it is. Right now, it's still his team. They got him some reinforcements. Let's see what happens. I mean, he only missed one game last season. Yeah, only, only missed one, one game. One only game. missed one game. And you need to play good during the regular season to make the playoffs, so... Well, <laughs> you can't hold that much of a grateful yeah. So It's just hilarious to me. I know you will move on, no, uh, CP, but it's just so funny to me. The difference in last year at this time, yeah. we were saying about Julius. Ray. Oh, we ready to get him up it's, out of town. Oh, First oh smoke. I was listening to Nick Fed TV, and every caller was like, all right, so what day will y'all think we getting <laughs> Julius out of town? Do you think it's game two, we game gotta 10? Get him up out of here. And now we're like... Yo, you would have thought Julius was like, yeah, he's the king of New York right he's now, king man. Of New York man right like Fedro said, man. Yeah, and I love it, man. Yeah, remember and, that uh, Buddy Heald and uh, for Julius Randall trade? Yes, I was yes, the early yeah. <laughs> that was Ready a for cold that trade. take from all of us, oh. y'all. That was a cold take from all of us. Dude, that that was tough, man. That was tough. But again, you know what it was? It, it's it's coming off the heels of the whole Porzingis thing. You know, at the time. Losing him, mm-hmm. not getting the free agents yeah. that we wanted, and then seeing Julius struggle, it was just like, yo, get this guy out of here, man. <laughs> like, it was tough to take. You know, it was tough to take, but he's, he's certainly enough. rebounded, and, and he's embraced the city. That That's an important thing, man. He's embraced yeah. the city. He's learning what it takes to be a Nick in, in this new generation. You know, a, little, a lot different than the 90s, but, um, you know, I give him credit for that too, man. Yeah. I sat, I sat uh, when I go to the games, I uh, usually sit a few uh, seats up from Kaiden. And yo, that kid knows he's really watching the game. Like, to be, I believe he was uh, four or five years old. Like, mm. yo, he knows the game. Like, when, you know what I mean? And that, it's super cool to see, man. I love the story of his, his family and his wife and, you know, just what he brings to New York, man. Like you just said, Alex, that he's embraced the city. And I think. We need guys that it will become a New York Knicks, not just play for the New York Knicks, right? And yeah. I think I think he's going to change the game for us this season and moving forward. And I'm 
he re-signed with us, man. He took and he took a pay cut. A pay so cut. I'm excited. This he knows something we don't know, right? Yeah. Take a pay cut in probably one of your best seasons, not probably in your best season of your career. Yeah, for a team that had the money to give you more, that means there's there's something brewing in the pot. So. I'm excited to see what comes of that as well. Yeah, definitely shows uh, trust and synergy within the front office, man. So yeah. we'll, we'll see where that leads. Um, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up on feed. Boys, if you guys want to call in, uh, talk Julius, Mitch, Fournier, Grimes, give us a call, 657-383-1509, or tap in via the Knicks Fan TV Discord. CP Alex Rotaro's here, special guest. Julito McCullum in the building. Um, great show so far, fellas. Definitely, Julito. Definitely appreciate um, appreciate the time. Uh, but you know, I want to I want to turn to um, pay homage and pay tribute to a guy that you knew well, worked with, uh, a, a New Yorker, a Knicks fan as well, and and uh, you know, tragically passed away this past week, man. And and that was. Uh, Michael K. Williams, um, great actor, absolutely great actor. And, you know, from what you read from many of the tributes, a, a great person as well. Um, how do you reflect on on his passing and, and what did he mean to you? Yeah. Um, so this is the first time I'm talking about it since, you know, his passing. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I'm doing it on your platform. So thank you for the opportunity, you know, CPN. You know, the first day I stepped foot on the set of The Wire, you know, I, w- I, w- I was nervous. I was mm. a young kid, 15 years old, and I didn't know what I was stepping into, you know, and I didn't think that I was I was able to to do what I what was asked of me. And the very first person I met was Michael K. Williams. Um, and I was nervous because this is, you know, Omar right from the show and mm. I only saw him being this shotgun toting, you know, maniac, right? Like this Robin Hood of the of the show. And I was like, I'm like I'm meeting him in person. I'm 15. I'm like, like I'm petrified, right? Yeah, and yeah. he was one of the nicest people I had ever met. You know, the moment I met him, that smile it just lit the room up. And it, and um automatically he let me know and had me feel that that I was safe. Mm. You know, and that um, and that um, my fault. Um, you know, he made me feel a part. You know, and um, and that's just who Michael was, man. He, you know, Michael. You know, oh, you can look at all of his characters, and he uh, he played all of these like menacing kind of grueling characters and but he was probably one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in your life he wouldn't you know michael would give you the shirt off his back you know what i mean michael would michael wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight mm. you know and that's because he just didn't want to harm people because he had been through so much harm in his life and um when i heard that he passed cp i, I it hit me and i didn't you know so I would see Mike a lot because because uh, our like meeting spot was in Nick games. Mm. You know, uh, you guys know that Michael was at probably every Nick game that he could possibly be at. You know, Mike Breen is a huge fan of the show, and if I wasn't at the game, and if but if Mike was at the game, Mike Breen made sure to say we got Michael K. Williams. He would right? always because, say, yeah, yeah. 
You know what I mean? That's what, you know, he was a staple. He was actually turning into like the voice of the team. You know, he was the voice of that. Our, I believe our, um, the big, like the big commercial to start the season. The playoff last commercial, year. yep. The playoff, the place. Yeah, you're right. Excuse me. The playoff commercial. He was the voice of it. And that's what it was. Michael was the voice for so many people, you know, coming from Brooklyn, coming from, um, you know, we grew up maybe 10, five minutes away from each other. You know, he grew up in, and um, he grew up in Vanderbilt Projects. I grew up in Linwood Projects in East Flatbush. And he was the voice for a lot of people who needed to be heard. And Michael was just that guy who made sure that he did his part to push the narrative that we are all human, that we are all special, that we are all people who need to be um, heard. And uh, I'm going to miss him. I'm go- actually in the morning, I'm going to his memorial service. Mm. Um, and it's just a, it's, it's a private service, for friends and family. But um, I never would have thought in a million years I would go to Michael K. Williams, you know, homegoing service. Mm-hmm. Because to me, you know, I know that we all have a date, but to me, he was um, he was immortal because you know there are some people on this planet you just like when Kobe passed, right? Yeah, yeah. You just don't you just don't see them ever leaving, man. And um, I'm sorry if I'm like going on. No, man, but, um, take your take your time, take your yeah. time, bro. Take take your time, man. Yeah. You, you got the floor, bro. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm just I'm gonna miss him. You know, he was more than an actor, you know. He he was he didn't act as people. He became characters. He 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 became human beings, right? If you watch him as Omar on the wire, like just think about it. That character shouldn't have been loved as much as he loved. Mm-hmm. He was loved. Like he shouldn't have been like if you ask people who their favorite character on the wire, nine times out of ten they will say Omar. And I, I don't know if David Samuel, when he wrote that role, he thought like this character would be this. But that's all because of who Michael K. Williams was as a person, man. And, you know, I just, I just, listen, man, if you're going through something out there, if if you feel alone, you know, there's a lot of, this is why I'm a Nick fan, you know, CP Alex. I'm not a, I love the team. I, I love what we are able to do, and I love being rooting for basketball because I'm a diehard basketball fan. But I think the reason I'm I'm like a real diehard Knicks fan is because we all there. Like when I'm in the streets and I see people wear the orange and blue, when I'm at the games and people stop me or I stop people, it's always that common thread, and, and that common thread is that we in this together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, regardless of what, like, I was a Nick fan 10 years ago when, like, I, you know, I, I don't know if I tell Alex or, or Macri or, and, and, and those guys, Andrew and those guys, but there was a time where I went to, like, a Nick game. I went to, like, 18 straight home games, and we lost every single one. But you couldn't tell that in the building because we was like, we in this, y'all. Mm-hmm. We family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our, organ, our, our front office is trash. Yeah, we got Alex Chavez and, 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 and like these <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, we family. You know what I mean? Like, we in this. And and I think that's what, what this team means to me. And I think that's what the team meant to Michael. And I think that's what we all mean to each other in this next community. So if you're going through something, man, and, and 
you know, I'm, I'm sure CP, you help so many people just like people, you know, probably going through depression, going through a lot, going through trauma and they tune into you guys shows, even your show, Alex, you know, Nick's Jets and et cetera. Like they'll tune into you guys show and, and say like, I feel like I'm a part of something. And sometimes people need that, you know, and I'm sure Michael needed that. And, and there's a lot of people who need that, you know, and, I needed that even when I found you all, you know, when I found the Knicks community, I was like, oh, I'm not alone for real, for real. It's one thing to say that you see each other at games, but to see a whole community and message boards and all of this shit, man, like it's special, man. So, um, you know, I'm just grateful that we have spaces like this. And if you, if you're going through something, y'all reach out, you know what I mean? Like reach out to people you see in the comments, you know, Reach out to your family. Reach out to people. Speak up. And I know it may be hard, but speak up. If you're going through, you know, substance abuse, if you're going through, you know, mental health issues and you feel like you're alone, you're not. You're not. And I'm sure Michael knew he was loved, but he never understood he was loved. And I think that's why the substance abuse continued. So I just pray that he's no longer alone and he no longer feels alone. And I hope you know, from above, he's looking down and seeing all the love that's been poured on him, man, from, you know, all the Knicks community, from the fans, the supporters, from so many people, you know, showing him so much love. And um, I hope he sees it. And, you know, and if you're going through something, y'all, like, just know you're not alone. But, um, yeah, that's, you know, rest in peace, Michael K. Williams, yeah. diehard Knicks fan at every game. Talking almost as loud as Tracy Morgan. <laughs> you, can't, you can't talk louder than Tracy at a game. I don't know if y'all ever heard. You can probably hear Tracy from TV. Yeah, 100%. You know I mean? He's right next to and Mike, and Mike is right there next to him, you know, at times talking just as loud. And that's what Mike was, man. So rest in peace to Michael K. Williams. Yeah. Uh, I, I pray that his family is, is okay. And I pray, you know, everybody. And thank you all for supporting him. Please speak his name. You know, keep him in your in your memories when you go and do what you do because if you need if you needed to look at anybody's life and say i think i i, I need a motivation go look at michael k's story go read it up go youtube it because mm. you can hear his him speak about him himself but you know be motivated and you know do something if you can um but yeah rest in peace michael k Williams. Absolutely, man. Very, very well said. And 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 a couple more questions. You know, you know, you had mentioned um the role that he played with with Omar and and maybe the creators of the show never expecting that character um to to be almost larger than life. And and it's so interesting when you when you look at the talent that he was. When you look at his role as Omar and and as Chalky White in in Boardwalk Empire, that was one of my favorite shows. You know, these are iconic roles, and and he wasn't even the leading guy for those for. for for those shows come on talk about it man uh just that's a te that's a uh a testament of you as not to me honestly it wasn't even just about his acting you know it's some people who have been in things and they, they have characters have lived for so long but it's just because they just were such amazing actors and yeah he was an amazing actor and he is an amazing actor but i just think it was like what he what he brought to the authenticity of him, you know, of Michael K, the mm. the energy, the feeling, like Michael K, you would have really thought he was from Baltimore. 
Like, you know what I mean? And he was from Brooklyn, New York, right? But when he was in his bro- his Brooklyn space, when he did his Vice TV special, going to different, you know, neighborhoods and, 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 and speaking and, and shining light on those situations, you would have thought he was a philanthropist, right? You would have thought he was a journalist. And then when he played Chucky White on Boardwalk Empire, you would have thought he grew up in the Prohibition era, right? Like, it's just, yeah, yeah. you just would have, it's just the level of, like, what he brought to his any space he was in because you know he started as a dancer and i don't know if y'all have been seeing the videos of mike dancing yeah you know that have been going viral but yo when he was a dancer he just brought joy with his steps and his moves and and that's what mike was man he brought himself to everything and i think that's what was important about him being on this planet and you know god had a better story and a better ending for him but the story is not done man he about to win this emmy you know, yeah. he's nominated for any of this year. He's about to win that for Love Lovecraft Country. And uh, you know, his story is still being written. And I'm I'm glad to say I was a very small part of it, but nonetheless I was a part of it for sure. For for sure. And you know, the thing that um really surprised me, uh and, and we saw it we saw it with, with Heath Heath Ledger in terms of his passing and uh the impact mm-hmm. that they said him playing the Joker had on on him. But with Michael K. Williams, you know, I was, I was watching the interview with him and, and Tamron Hall, and, and he talked about the fact that it was hard for him to really um, come down off of the Omar character because it was like the the admiration that he was getting, the love that he was getting from people like Barack Obama, for example, would he would refer to him as Omar. You know, he was like, people yeah. show me so much love, so much love, but they, they, they love Omar. But but on the flip side, in reality, you know, he's still a guy in terms of Michael K. Williams, who, you know, is an insecure guy that was battling his demons. And he said, you know, playing that character really took a toll on him in, in terms of, you know, the substances and things of that nature, because it was just really hard to separate the two. Yeah, I think playing any, you know, I only played uh, my character on The Wire for a year, maybe a year and a half, give or take. He played that character for four to five years, mm-hmm. six years, you know, and that's you. I can imagine how tough that was, because honestly, there's bits of naming that lives in me still. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, you know, I I think, you know, his past life prior to being an actor and prior to being an, a dancer, I think it still had a huge effect on him. And, you know, and talking to his friends and, you know, and people that were super close to he never truly felt like he he deserved the accolades he got. He never truly felt like he deserved all of the recognition he got. And it's just so sad to think that because he did, you know, and we all do, whether you are a big actor on an HBO show or, you know, you were just out here running and gunning, trying to make a dollar, you know, you deserve whatever it is you have. You deserve it. You deserve love. You deserve friendship. You deserve happiness. You deserve these things. And whether, like I said, whether you're an actor on a show or not, I just hope you know that you're worthy, you know, and you matter. And, and I, and, you know, there's a lot of people who don't feel that way. And it, my heart breaks for them. And, but your heart is big enough to be put back together. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. You're big enough to, to, to figure it out. And if you still got air in your lungs, if you're still on this planet, man, keep pushing, keep pushing, you know, and, and that's why, you know, to tap it back into the Knicks, man, like, we've always kept pushing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We keep pushing. And 
we had a season like we had last year because we didn't Thank give up. Thank you for up. using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. You know, it's your, your assistant. I've been waiting to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm British assistant. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, we keep pushing, man. Keep pushing, man. Like, if if you're a Nick fan and you're listening to this, keep pushing, man. Like, you know, I I said on Alex show, man, there's going to be a time where people and I, we, they can't laugh at us no more, man. They're not going to be able to laugh at us. We There's going to be a time when we have that parade down Fifth Ave, man, and you ain't going to, you're going to be like, I remember these idiots rooting for this team and you know 10 years ago man nah man we keep pushing and that's the story of a nick fan a new yorker and you know i hope that people are going through things i hope they 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 share that same sentiment man uh, well said man and and um last on on uh michael k and um his impact in terms of um the overall impact of the show, the why, you know, I was reading an op-ed in the New York times that the creator, uh, David Simon had penned in, in today's, uh, edition. And he spoke about his early interactions with him in terms of, uh, for season two, he said that, you know, Michael K had, had come into the trailer and was really questioning the direction of that season in terms of, I, I guess, you know, because they were going to focus more on the port of Baltimore and, you know, kind of move away from uh, the, the inner city and, and focus more on, uh, you know, the organized crime and, and different aspects of Baltimore. Yes, still focusing mm-hmm. on the corruption, but from different institutions. And, you know, Michael yeah. K's concern that, you know, it was kind of moving away from, uh, uh, you know, focusing on, you know, an all black audience. And what was the message? Where, where was it? going and he said that it became a ritual that before each season that they would have that meeting in terms of okay what is our message what are we trying to say this season what are we trying to impart and David Simon was saying how he really um, valued that in Michael K. Williams because he ultimately in you know took on the show not just from his character but really embraced the whole story the whole journey of the show and really became an evangelist for that message of the, you know, the political and the socio, the societal, the socioeconomic issues in his interviews and really, you know, putting that out there on the forefront, a lot of those issues. Uh, what's your take on that? Come on, man. That's that. If that doesn't show you, you know, the the story of Michael Kay and the, the essence of who he was, the fact that he wanted to make sure that every season actually meant something and it wasn't just a TV show it was more of a, a message, you know, that's just what it was, man. You know, when, you know, I spoke to David about it and, you know, if we, if we didn't have season two be what it was, there would have been no different from the wire and let's say law and order, right. It would have been a cop show mm-hmm. and nothing against law and order. Cause I was on there a few times as well, but like, there's a difference in what we did and what cop shows do, you know, mm-hmm. cop shows, they talk about a subject of a victim, them a moment a, mur- uh, 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 a suspect right we talked about a system and 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 you know the fact that michael fought for like what we what are we speaking about here like right because i you know I, said, I heard mike say like you know when it came when season two hit it felt like y'all every time a black show was working y'all take it away from mm-hmm. us and give it but you know the fact that david even cared enough about us as a culture to say i if I have to tell this story in season two so that every other season matters. Because if, if I don't give the landscape of the world, it'll just be about 
a drug show. Right. And that's not what right. it was. And Michael was more than that, right? And look, think about it, y'all. Like a guy who was dealing with substance abuse, wanting to be on something more than a drug show mm -hmm. because he knew what it was doing to him most likely. And I don't want to speak for him, but I could just think and guess, right? Like he, he knew what it was probably doing to him and he wanted to tell a different story. And that's what he did. And um, come on, man, Mike is... Mike is special, man. He is special. I'm not going to say was because he's still with us, right? He is special, you know, and I think, you know, someone said in the comments that Mike deserves, you know, a tribute at the garden, man. He deserves yeah. a video, a montage maybe even, right? He deserves that because he was one of us, you know, and, and, and even if they don't do it, right, because there's so much going on, big season, but like, I, I think he he deserves the act. What you're doing here, he deserves it. You know what I mean? Just giving me a a, a time to talk about him. It, it, he deserves this, and um, I hope he just keeps speaking speaking his name and talking about him. Yeah, I hope so. I, I think they will. But um, if not, you know, the, to, this platform will, could certainly serve as one man because you know you, you knew him, you knew him well, and and uh, you know got a chance to work with him and, and be inspired by him. So. Uh, I definitely appreciate, you know, you, you sharing those sentiments, man, and truly tragic situation, but we certainly, you know, keep his family, lift his family up and, and his friends as well, man. So thank, thanks again for sharing those thoughts. Anytime, anytime, my brother. All right, man. Um, I think, uh, yo, this was a great show. Great job, mm -hmm. Al. Great job, Julito. Uh, shout out Boston Nick. Boston Nick sent a super chat. He says, we lost a good one, y'all. Nick's family, very grateful for Julito being on the show to share how the great Michael K. Williams was uh, was offset. Hopefully, in time, uh, we'll hear some funny stories with him as well. So, shout out Boston Nick for, mm -hmm. the, uh, for the super chat. Definitely appreciate that. Let me get my outro music going here. Yeah, couple yeah. more weeks until next training camp. We are here already. Oh, man. Yo, I just want to be a fly in that wall, man. Like, <laughs> training camp is about to be lit, training, bro. Training camp is, is upon us, man. Training camp is upon us. Uh, but, yeah, Julito, thanks again. Um, let the people know where they can find you and, and any upcoming projects you want to let the people know about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, first off, to CP, Alex, man, thank you. Thank you both for allowing me to be on y'all platforms. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of Knicks Fan TV. You watch every episode. Thank you for keeping the message going and keeping us, you know, alive out in these streets, man. Y'all do an amazing job at it. And, uh, you know, find me everywhere. I am Julito, uh, J-U-L-I-T-O, you know, the H is silent. I am Julito on all social media platforms. Uh, check out my podcast here on YouTube, Random Thoughts with Julito. Uh, we are on a hiatus, but we will be back at the, in the fall come season two. Um, and I got a lot coming out. New movies, man. You know, new TV shows. You know, thinking about even revamping my podcast and, you know, not making it a Nick podcast, but like, because what y'all do is unmatched. Right? I don't know if I can do this at the game or not. Right. So I'm going to just call in. You know, I'm going to continue calling in. And when CP let me on, you know what I mean? I'm going to continue to, uh, to support y'all because y'all killing it but like maybe gear more towards sports or you know in a different direction but like thank you for what y'all do man you know shout out to all the other nick creators out here that's that's popping that's running it that's giving you know us nick fans 
you know, it's just something to talk about, a, a, a space to, to thrive, right? Like, so shout out to all of you. Um, and listen, more to come real soon, man. It's going to be a good year for us. Let's go Knicks. I know y'all be watching, so shout out to the Knicks team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you know they be watching. But uh, I hope, uh, you know, I'm, I'll come back anytime you need me. CP. Shout out to CK man. and Ashley as well. You know what I mean? I, I had a great time hearing y'all this season, man. Y'all, y'all, I look forward to y'all after every game. And you know, I never got to meet the homie, but shout out to the, the closer. Um Jay Boogie. Jay Boogie. Boogie. Shout out man. to Jay Boogie and all that. You know what I mean? So it's it's been a pleasure, man, and I can't wait to come back. Absolutely, man. Uh great to have you. And and uh this won't be the last time for sure, man. So uh looking forward to future collabs, man. Al, go ahead and uh and sign out, bro. Guito, it's good getting to see you again, my man. My condolences no, my to you and my condolences to the family and friends of Michael K. Williams, first and foremost. CP, as you always know, man, always love chopping up Knicks with you as well as Tulito. But for everyone out there, salute to Knicks Nation. Make sure to go check out KnicksFanTV.com where you can find my writing. You can find everyone else's writing over there. We're doing some great work. Please make sure to go check it out. And if you want to listen to me and my buddy, John, on our own podcast, go make sure to check out Knicks Jets, etc. Part of the Fan Side Admitted Media Network. We cover with the exclusive Knicks and exclusive Jets podcast for Minute Media and Fan Side. So if you want some of your coverage there, make sure to go check us out. Yes, sir. Great job as usual, fellas. And uh, salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Let's get that like button up. Smash the YouTube algorithm for tonight because we had a great show, great guests, and, and an overall great panel. And uh, yeah, man, we wrapped up our play expectations, but the season preview series will continue. We'll be back Wednesday night, so make sure you guys tap in and tune in. And once again, remember this show is presented by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, enter promo code KFTV for 20% off plus free shipping. Like I said, go get that lawnmower 4.0 and check out their other products. And uh, yeah, once again, great show, fellas. CP, 